Welcome to Just Be You with your hosts, Coach John McKenna and Father Jason Parzinski. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes as Coach McKenna and Father Jason discuss how athletics and faith help us to become who God created us to be. And now here are your hosts, Coach John McKenna and Father Jason Parzinski. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Father Jason. And I'm Coach McKenna. And we're really excited about today because we're doing something a little bit different. We're doing a special. We have completed 10 episodes, and so we decided to take this 11th episode and focus it on leadership and vocation and the nature of how both of those are a true privilege uh, for us to, to embrace and bring a part of our lives. And to kick us off, I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of workings, but it is the same God who inspires them all in every one. And I think that's unbelievable because I think one of the things that we find in athletics, um, especially nowadays, and it's probably been this way for, forever, is we assume that our, our kids, just because they're seniors or they're becoming juniors um, in high school, that they're going to be good leaders, that they have a foundation and they how to, know how to be a leader. And we have found over the years that you almost have to give them the tools. We talk about tools in the toolbox all the time, Father, but we got to give them the tools to help them be a leader because it is so hard. And again, we go back to with all the social media stuff and all that, it's so hard to be a leader nowadays on a team where it's all about, uh, it's all about me. And, you know, and, and, and if you're going to be a good leader, it can't always be about you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I like. We did this last year and we're doing it again with all the teams uh, this season is, is focus this Bible study that we've been doing with the football team that continues all year with baseball and lacrosse and softball and and is to just take some time out and to reflect on what Christian leadership is all about because there are so many different understandings of what it means to be a leader, so many different presentations of how one should behave and act. And the idea of leadership from the biblical context, the Christian leader, is, is so different uh, from the run-of-the-mill worldly perspective on it. And if we want our youth to really be able to accomplish some great things, it's important to just take a few moments and talk about what it means to be a real Christian leader. And I think that's, um, and I know you're saying what it takes to be a good Christian leader, but I think a great leader is a Christian leader. Because I think if you look at some of the greatest leaders we've ever had and that I've dealt with in the teams that I've coached with, they all have that faith background. They all have that, that, that leadership, that Christian, Christian background that you need. And, I, and I, there's the key right there. And we look, you know what, and you can argue with me to your bull in the face, but the greatest leader is Jesus. He was the greatest leader ever. And he set by example and everything. And we had a chance this weekend, and we were talking about it today. Um, and, and it's really so simple. But if he was the greatest leader, and I'm a leader, and I'm looking, you know, and I, I got to make a decision, hey, what would Jesus do? And, and I think that's a real simple way to look at it. But what would he do in a cer certain situation? And, and I think that's what uh, being a faith leader is. Is uh, And what kind of leader are you? And we're going to talk about that in a minute. There's all kind of different leaders. You just don't have to be that yell at me guy all the time and jump in your <laughs> face. You could be a leader in a lot of different ways. You know, and I, and I think that touches on the whole point that we really kind of opened up this Bible study with the different teams uh, you know, is the idea that every single one of them are a leader. And we started off by asking 
um, the athletes to raise their hand if they considered themselves to be a leader. And, and on average, about half of them would raise their hands. And, and, and we reminded that, that, that a Christian leader comes in a variety of packages, so to speak, but every single one of them is a leader, as are every single one of you, as, as well as ourselves here in, in the radio station. We're a leader by the fact that we serve Christ every day of our lives in the way in which we act, how we prioritize our choices in our lives, and, and the way we, in which we present ourselves to others is a way of leading in the Christian mentality. You know, today we had, a, we had a group of probably about 45 young men uh, for baseball. And when you asked the question, um, how many do you think are leaders? And there were like 20 that didn't raise their hand. And I'm thinking, whoa, time out. You're here. You're showing that you're a leader by just by being here, by your actions. And I think sometimes we discount that, that um, just by what they do sometimes, uh, to me, uh, means they're a leader. Yeah, I think the example of the, the student who who's in the weight room, who's really trying to progress every moment they can and their ability to be fit for the season or in, pr- in training for the following season to come, you know, that, that example by what they're doing, the sacrifice they're making and the commitment and dedication that they have is inspiring. It's setting an example for others to want to follow um, and by so doing become a leader in that capacity. And it's, it's something I don't think the kids often think about and how their example really can be inspiring. Uh, But that brings us to this uh, quote that we shared with them that I want to share with everyone listening uh, that I really like. Um, You know, John Piper is an author who wrote on Christian leadership, said knowing that leadership is all about knowing where God wants people to be and taking the initiative to use God's methods to get them there in reliance on God's power. So what does that mean? It ultimately means that you have to have an invested interest in those that you're around, in your brothers, in your sisters, in your teammates, in your family, and and your community as a whole, to be invested in getting to know who they are so that you can inspire them in those moments. And that's what we were saying to uh, to the teams as we've been doing this Bible study, is, you know, to be a good teammate, to be a leader on the team comes down to taking the time first to get to know what your teammates going through, who your teammates are, instead of just the number they wear on their back or their name, but really knowing what's going on in their lives. Are they having a hard time in school? Is something going on? You know, they break up with their girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever the case might be. How can you inspire them to push themselves to the abilities that they have in the midst of their circumstances? And, and I think that comes down to one of the most important things, not only, you know, as an athlete, as in a brotherhood and everything, but even for a coach. And I, and I say this all the time, and I've used this my whole career, that players don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And I think that you've got to learn to know your play, players. And, and uh, coaching has changed. Um, the athletes haven't changed. And I, you know, I, I hear this all the time. The kids are changing and everything. No, times have changed. The way things are set up now in a high school level, technically, right now, we don't have as many coaches in the building. That when uh, we all grew up, you know, every coach was in the building. You had a problem. You ran to the coach or the coach knew about it before it was a problem. Nowadays, you know, so you have to do other things. So you have to rely on that brotherhood of your brothers. Uh, There's certain coaches that are in the building. You have to rely on each other. And that little circle becomes a little smaller. But I think it gets tighter and it gets stronger by being a little smaller, which I think there are some advantages or the, the way it is today. 
Yeah, I think that, that as you mentioned with the coaches being off-site, that it does pose some real challenges because you there's a dynamic that's missing when the coach isn't in the building that knows the life and the culture of the school from day to day, what's going on and the movings of the students and the issues that come up and the excitements that happen amongst the school community in the hallways. Because I mean, really when you think about the nature of a school, if you reflect on your own time back in high school, the nature and the spirit of the high school isn't defined by a mission statement. It isn't defined necessarily by how a teacher teaches in the classroom. The nature of the school is defined by the students in the hallways. And that's one of the things I said about Notre Dame and is the case about our Catholic schools in the diocese for sure. Uh, when I've been there to visit them, is if we can get families to come in the door, they're immediately welcomed by this student community that gives an impression of not only openness and welcoming, but also one that's uplifting and a genuine family feel to it. And I think that, you know, we talk family, and a lot of people, you know, throw that word out all the time, and we throw the word brotherhood out there. But when we went up to the CBA, I could feel it the minute we walked in the, in, yeah, in, in the building. And uh, Paul, uh, we had him on an earlier show, was talking about it. You come to Notre Dame. I could feel the brotherhood. I could feel the family. I mean, we just went through a situation where, uh, God bless her soul, we just uh, buried one of uh, two of our players' mother. And the family just embraced them. Our Notre Dame family embraced them um, to get through this situation. And it's not just that that situation. There's been many, many other times, little things, big things. But when you have a family and they care about each other, it's amazing what a beautiful place it can be. It, it really is. And, you know, it's, what's great is just that dynamic of, of recognizing that being a leader comes in so many different uh, formats. Uh, you know, it's just recently we had a student who found out um, that her mom has breast cancer and, you know, the difficulties that lie ahead and the uncertainties as things are being figured out with the doctors and stuff. We're, we're fortunate to have two faculty members on staff who struggled with breast cancer themselves and are survivors of it, who were very quick to use their personal life experience to bring awareness and knowledge to this student because of the anxiety that she was feeling with the unknown, the uncertainty. What, what does all this mean? Uh, you know, and that's a difficulty for teenagers. You know, they don't always know all the different aspects of, especially with illnesses like cancer, what it means. And the tendency of teenagers is to go to the worst case scenario. Well, we uh, always say, you know, as much as uh, you and I say we hate drama, yeah. um, being a teenager involves a lot of drama. It does. And good or bad. Some of it's created, um, some of it's real. Um, but how you deal with that drama? And if you have people around you, that you could talk to and everything. I'll tell you what, it makes it a lot easier. And I think that you have to be strong in your faith. If you're strong in your faith, I, I, I think it makes it a lot easier also. You know, and this, just as we were starting this, I just happened to glance down at the Bible, you know, that's open to, to where I pulled that, that verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from, and saw on the other side in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians 23 and 24, you know, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. And that really comes down to the core of what we're talking about, is putting the neighbor first. That's what Christian leadership ultimately comes down to, is recognizing that your own life experiences can be of a benefit to someone else. I know as a priest, 
Uh, I pull from every aspect of my own life history in order to minister to those God places before me, and, and it's a real honor and a privilege to be able to use the good and the bad of my own history to help others recognize how Christ might be present to them on their particular journey and help them to be aware that there is hope in the midst of their situation. All my former players are going to roll over right now when they hear me say this, but I've said this a thousand, maybe 2,000 times. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about others. But if you live your life that way, you will be the richest person in the world. If it's about others at all times, uh, I'll tell you what, you'll never go home unhappy. Absolutely. And I, and Coach is right. He does say that a lot. And I got to say, when he starts to say it, the students will finish it for him before he even has a chance yes, to. Yes, they will. Uh, we're going to take a brief break right now. And when we return, we're going to continue our conversation about the sacrifices involved in leadership. Hello, my friends. This is Jim Manfredonia, co-founder, president, and CEO of Domestic Church Media. It's an honor for us to be able to bring you Just Be You on our network of local Catholic radio stations. And we want to thank Father Jason and Coach McKenna for sharing their gifts with us each program. Domestic Church Media is an honored affiliate of EWTN, the Global Catholic Network, and they provide us with so many wonderful programs. But as your local Catholic radio station, it's important for us that we bring you fine local programs like Just Be You. And not only can our family of listeners hear these programs on our radio stations, but they can listen on our free Domestic Church Media mobile app by downloading and enabling the Domestic Church Media skill on your Amazon Echo and Google Home devices. And we stream our broadcast live 24-7 and archive all of our local programs on our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. So I invite you to visit our site, that's domesticchurchmedia.org. And while you're there, I ask you to prayerfully consider making a donation to Domestic Church Media so that we can continue to bring you programs like Just Be You. Domestic Church Media is a nonprofit Catholic lay apostolate and we are totally listener-supported. We are here because of the generous donations of listeners like you. We don't receive any financial assistance from EWTN or any of the dioceses that we serve. We count completely on our family of listeners. So won't you visit our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and consider making a donation today? When you do, you're supporting Just Be You and allowing us to bring this excellent program to potentially millions of souls every day. My friends, it's so important that we have a Catholic media outlet like Domestic Church Media to bring the joy of the gospel to millions of souls every day. But we can't be here without people like you. So again, I invite you to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this apostolate. God bless you, God love you, and thanks for listening. Welcome back. And, uh, you know, as we talk, Father, about the uh, the leadership and everything, kind of throw a branch out there to all our youth coaches, our CYO coaches, or anybody that would like to uh, maybe utilize some of our leadership things that we've put together is reach out and Father will give you an email at the end because I won't remember it. He just told me it. Oh, I'll <laughs> screw it up and you'll, you'll be emailing somebody else. So, uh, But reach out to us. We, we would love to help you because I think the earlier – we start um, developing these skills, uh, the more beneficial it is for the athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's important, I think, as Christians and, and as Catholics to, to not only develop leadership skills, but to develop Christian leadership skills that are based on the, the example provided by Christ and the prophets in the Old Testament so that we can inspire a generation that is able to lead 
by inspiring others to make a difference in the world through the example they set. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. Yes, it does. And I, I know we want to get into these leadership skills and we want to talk about some other things. So we got to get hustling here. Yeah, we, I we do. We got a tendency to ramble here, you know. You know, one of the things that we want, I just want to kind of touch base on is, you know, I'm putting this uh, Bible study together for our teams. You know, I stumbled upon a study that was done by our government. And it was kind of surprising um, to me, anyhow, that this study existed, but it was an interesting uh, read. And, and one of the things that they highlighted in the study was the impact that a leader who has um, the ability to make self-sacrifices, who's willing to put the team first, to put the other first, has a real impact on the overall nature of the group and on the team. Productivity levels are much higher. Effectiveness ratings are much higher. The group orientedness is much better. And the overall charisma, the spirit of the team, is far higher than a team that has a leader who's not uh, willing to make those personal sacrifices. And we talk about that all the time. And the three sacrifices that we talk about all the time, and uh, the, the first one would be leaders, sa- leaders sacrifice their time. And, uh, you know, and I don't have to get into a long explanation because it's right there. They give their time to others. It's about others. And they spend a lot of time with their teammates. Then the other one is leaders sacrifice the spotlight. Um, how many times? I mean, all you got to do is watch a Tim Tebow interview. And he'll take the light right away from himself. One, he'll give praise to God. Two, he'll praise every teammate. He'll praise the custodian and people <laughs> in the locker room. And, but that's what we're talking about. It's about all the people that got you there and everything. And that's hard to do because every once in a while you don't get the spotlight all the time. And when you do get it, you know, right away it's about me, 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 me. No, it's not about you. How did you get there? Why are you in the spotlight? And the last one, which I think is the hardest, um, leaders sacrifice self-interest. And I had the experience of training uh, Ga- uh, Gary Brackett, who played for the Baltimore Colts three years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Tony Dungy was a coach. And he used to tell me how his job, his main job was to take the guy behind him and make him better than him. So that if he got hurt, he could step up and the team didn't suffer a beat. That's a brotherhood. But I don't know if I could do that. I, and I, I always ask the players, you know, they, they kind of look at me and give me that look, and they shake their head, yeah, I could do it, Coach. But I know their head's going, no, 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 I'm not going to train anybody to be better than me. But that's what a team is. That's what a true leader is. Yeah, you know, and it was interesting because we, we had the athletes break apart into pairs. We had the upperclassmen pair up with the lowerclassmen and ask them to think about these three particular sacrifices that Christian leaders are called to make in leading others and we asked them which one is the most difficult to develop um, and why and and also which one they found to be the easiest and and it was interesting none of them thought um, sacrificing their time was was a big issue Uh, it came down to either sacrificing the spotlight for the reasons you highlighted um, or or the whole idea of of putting others first um, especially when they had their own needs to develop in order to become a better athlete and and it really became an interesting conversation with the students as to why those two are the more challenging of them. Well, you know, Father, it's funny. You know, you're talking about that, but I'm sitting here reading while you're talking. It says leaders sacrifice their time, leaders sacrifice the spotlight, leaders sacrifice self-interest. They talking about a priest here? 
Because <laughs> that's one of the things we want to talk about here, you know, kind of. That's and, true. And, you know, I don't think you can find, you know, you talk about Jesus being the ultimate leader. Well, you are his disciple. And uh, I, this talks about priests right here. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, as a priest, these certain, all, all these sacrifices are certainly a part of the nature of being a priest. You know, if you're going to be a good priest, you go into priesthood not for yourself, but for the ministry of others. You know, you're called to sacrifice your life for the better, betterment of others and to put their needs first. And, and, you know, and that happens when you get phone calls in the middle of the night to go to the hospital. Or, you know, there have been many times when I've had plans and I've had to change them because— you get a sick call or, or, you know, a need to do an anointing or, or just someone walks in the, the chapel at the high school, for example. Uh, you know, you always put others first, and you have to learn to be willing to let go of your own, your own plans, your own uh, desires um, frequently if you're going to be good at, at bringing Christ to people in their time of need. But I don't think it's limited to priests alone. I think there is a servant-orientedness that all of us are called to, and I think priesthood is the embodiment of the totality of it. I remember when I was in the Cistercian Monastery for a period of time, um, thinking that that was my vocation in life. Uh, I ultimately left, as, as you can tell by me not being a monk right now. My older sister told me when I left that she knew that that was going to happen before I entered. Uh, you know, so sometimes others know us better than ourselves, but... When I was in the monastery and I was kind of struggling with this this dynamic of where is God calling me, one of the things that really kind of uh, came to light is that I was benefiting so much in the monastery. I didn't have the distractions of the world. I didn't have any worldly responsibilities I had to attend to. And I was able to focus on my prayer and on my responsibilities as, as a monk in the community. And it became so unbelievably easy to recognize God's presence. It was unbelievable how easy it was. When you eliminate all those distractions, all those things that the world puts forward, and I started to feel selfish because I didn't have anyone to share it with. You know, as a monk, you're, you're, you're in the monastery. That's, that's the nature of your existence. And I really started to feel selfish. And so I talked to the novice master and I talked to the abbot about it. And what was interesting is the novice master told me to go talk to Brother Augustine, who's now a priest in the Cistercian Monastery I was at. And he rightfully was given the name Augustine, who's one of the great theologians in the history of our church. And I was talking to him about this, and he said, he said, here's the difference for your discernment, for your prayer. He said, being a monk is like being a lighthouse. It's a beacon to the world, reminding the world that when you're lost at sea, when you're, you're about to hit those rocks, here's the pathway to safety, to calmness, to everything that God has promised. And that lighthouse is fixed. It's a stationed point. Um, it's always there. It's always a reminder. He said, whereas the diocesan priest and the religious orders that are out in the communities, they're the guys who are taking the candle into the trenches, meeting people in the midst of the darkness of the, of the world around them and reminding them in the midst of all of that, God is present. And as soon as he said that, and, and I'll never forget that, I said, sign me up for that. That's what I want. That's I want what we got, Father Jason, the trench warrior here. Hey, I, amen to that, because that's what it's all about at the end of the day is being willing to lay down everything for your brother um, being willing to put them first and, and just be present as God's calling you to. And am I perfect at it? I'll be the first to admit, absolutely not. Uh, it's hard. It's a daily sacrifice. And I think there's a reason why we use that term sacrifice. Well, and I think w what's important, and I think, you know, the, the people have to understand, we need to get people, we need to get men, we need to get people back involved in the church. And um, it just doesn't have to be being a priest. 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, there are all kind of jobs, all kind of things you can do to serve the church, to, to serve God. I mean, being a coach, I, I've been given a platform. I understand my platform. Um, my platform is very wide. I reach a lot of people. I have over a lot of years. And I've decided to use that to spread my faith through others and um, to build the character of faith through the athletes that I deal with. And I think there's all kind of different ways we could serve the church. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that, that we've recognized really makes a difference, not only in the the dynamic of, of the high school, but also in in just the general tone and attitude of, of the student athletes is what kind of coach stands before them at those practices, what kind of coach um, is on the sidelines of the field uh, makes a big difference. And it's not just being a coach who's knowledgeable about the particular sport and, and of the plays that can be done, but a coach who's committed to the entire development of the student athlete makes a big difference. Well, you know, and not that I invented this, but, you know, I fell into the thing, is the first thing I always tell my kids is my job is to love them. My job is to love them, to treat them like my own kids. Their job is to love each other and to create a brotherhood. And I think that's what, what our, we all have to understand who we are and what we are. And we talk about this all the time. Know our why. Um, my why is to serve others. I enjoy serving others, and I think it's important, but I also enjoy spreading the word of, of the Lord, and I think that's what I was put on this earth for, so I understand my why, and I'm going to keep going till I hook slide into my grave. Yeah, I think knowing the why really is the most important thing, because if you don't know why you're getting together, then, then it doesn't really make any reason to get together, because there's nothing to be accomplished. But when we're looking at from the athletic perspective, especially in our Catholic schools, we're working to instill that mentality in all of our coaches uh, about looking at the entire student, um, not only their athletic ability, but everything else that they bring to the table because it's all connected. Uh, we're not just one fragment of ourselves. We're an entire person, and everything we do and everything we commit ourselves to, every aspect of who we are, every circumstance we're in, and every situation we've had to deal with is all brought to that experience, to that moment. And so when a student goes on the field to play, they're not just bringing their athletic ability, they're bringing what's going on in home, what's going on in the classroom, what happened in the hallways of the school, you know, what happened, you know, last week, you know, it's all coming with them. And the coach, a good coach, needs to be aware of those things in order to inspire their, their players to, to overcome what needs to be overcome and to push themselves to the athlete that they're capable of being. And, you know, and I think, you know, you, you, there it is right there. Here's what I'd like to do, Father, because you're good at remembering all these little, little things and everything, is, hey, coaches out there, CYO guys, anybody, you have any questions, you know, get a hold of us. We'd love to share this information with you. We'd love to help you because it's about others. Father, how do they get a hold of us if they want to? So you can reach us really simple at the email, just be you at rescueteam.org. Just be used one word at rescueteam, also one word, dot org. Coach, I believe you have a challenge for us. Yeah, a challenge is have a get involved in your church. Get involved today in your church. God bless.